Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance. Hello, everybody. Uh, today, I thought I would tell you a story that might include the law of attraction or fate or the fickle finger of fate or coincidence or, um, I don't know, make of it what you will. It was inspired by a friend of mine who had a, a vehicle for sale, and I thought, you know, I used to have a BMW 528i, a 1980. Of course, everyone goes, oh, well, you're a lawyer. You have to drive a BMW. No, it just happened that way. I've driven other cars as well. Uh, so I had it for sale because I had purchased a new car, and I didn't need to insure two. And I had different people that would be interested in seeing the car, and then they would no-show me after I washed it and waxed it and vacuumed it. And this one particular um, man showed up with, I think, his stepson. I'm not exactly sure what. Reminded me of Urkel. And uh, so the kid's in the back seat as we're doing a, a test drive. And he's like, how many windows does this car have? Uh, are we going to stop for, like, food or ice cream? Um, is this seat I'm sitting on made of the same material as the seat in front? Why can't we listen to the radio? Oh, boy. So, uh, the dad, meanwhile, is driving along, and he's looking at the side view mirror, and here's what he says to me. I'm in the passenger seat. He says, I'm, uh, I'm detecting a slight, very slight distortion on the uh, outer edge of the side view mirror. What do you have to say about that? A slight distortion on the outer edge of the side view mirror on a car that by then was 18 model years old? That's the nitpick? I only wanted a couple grand for the car, and I had put more like seven to 10,000 in it to get it all up to speed at all the receipts. Well, that didn't work out so well. I was like, that's it, test drive over, let's go home, goodbye. And so I'm frustrated, I can't seem to get this car sold. Again, either people aren't showing up, or you got these nitpickers and they're cheap on top of it. Then, out of the blue, I get a phone call from a woman I dated some years earlier. And she's a very tall lady. She's over six feet tall. And she tells me the story that she was engaged and her rotten scumbag fiancé, let me explain, showed up one morning with cash in hand telling her that he had sold her only vehicle, a uh, Volvo station wagon, one of those old 240Ds. Those are the kind that go on forever, okay? Gave her the cash for it. Now, he sold it without her permission, mind you, and then said, I sold your car. This should be enough money for you to get a place for you and your son, and I'm breaking up with you. Engagement off. Well, imagine the hurt, the pain that I got to move, and, and now no car. You know, how's she supposed to get her son to school appointments, herself to work? It was a nightmare. So she calls me up for some advice. And I say, you know, I happen to have a car that I think you'll really love. And it's the old style BMW. Yeah, they're boxy. Yeah, it's brown. Ugh. But it's got a very tall roof, a big steering wheel, plenty of room for you, your kids, stop, big trunk. And uh, I got it all fixed up. I'll sell it to you for a couple grand, which is what she had, and it was a bargain at the time, still. And she came over and she absolutely fell in love with this car. All right, so you think, oh, that's the end of the story. How nice. No, that is not the end of the story. Here's what happens. I said, okay, just do not attempt in any way to open the sunroof. 
do not open it. It is broken. It was a miracle that I got it closed. And I had some estimates on it. It's going to cost somewhere between one dollars and $2,000 to repair it. It's absolutely not worth it. Do not open it. And she goes, but I, I, you know, I like a, you know, a sunroof. And I go, but please, please, do not open it. It'll cause yourself. But well, she buys the car, she rides off, and of course, first thing she does is she cracks open the sunroof, and it gets stuck about a quarter of the way open. Electronic sunroof, and of course, she can't get it closed. And then a couple of days later, it starts to rain, and then it gets wet inside, and now she's got this sheet of plastic over there, and it's taped down. And it's still leaking. And she calls me up to tell me this. And I said, you know, I told you so. She goes, well, I'm going to take it to different dealers. I'm sure someone can fix it. I think you're exaggerating. That'll cost that much money. I think my mom will lend me some money so I can, you know, get it, get it fixed. Fine. She goes around, turns out, to every BMW dealer. And I also warned her, don't, don't take the car to a dealer. It's too old. Take it to an independent German car mechanic. And she went to all of them, and all of them told her the same thing. I don't know if we can fix it. It's probably going to cost anywhere between one and two thousand. We can't make guarantees. You're going to have to leave it here. It could take a week. We got to take the you know the lining out. We got to do this whole production, and then we got to find parts if it needs parts. So, the very last place she tries, very last place she tries, she pulls in and she asks to see you know a mechanic. And they said, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll send someone out. Now, mind you, she's over six feet tall. I think she was six foot one or two. A man comes out, one of the mechanics. Turns out he's the owner. Turns out he's six foot seven. And as soon as she saw him, she forgot about the, the issue with the car. Her knees go weak, and she's like, oh, my God, he's so handsome. This is what she's telling me later, of course. And he recognizes the car. In fact, they used to own it. His dealership or his uh, mechanic shop used to own it, and they used to drive it around both as a personal car and to run errands. And he says to her, now unbeknownst to her, he wants to see her again because he's quite attracted, but he's not going to let on, you know. And he says, I know this car. We used to own this car. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll fix the sunroof. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, it's kind of goes, no, no, no. I will fix it for $200. Flat fee, $200, and if I don't fix it, you don't have to pay me at all. Now, of course, we know what his plan is. You guys are a step ahead of me, right? He wanted her to come back. He wanted to see her again, but he's, you know, not going to be, like, overt about it, right? So she agrees to it, and when she does come back, it's completely fixed. It's $200, and he did some other work for, you know, did an oil change, did a number of things, just threw it all in, uh, again, because he wanted to see her. And a couple weeks after that, she's so happy. She calls me to tell me, and this is great. All right. I'm happy for you. Wow. And she's going on and on about this, you know, mechanic. It turns out he owns it. He's such a nice man, you know, on and on. Oh, handsome. How hard it is to find people. I want to wear heels and I'm six foot one and you can't find heels because, you know, you're towering over guys. And, and I said, yeah, I know. I know. Even short women don't get attracted to short men. Sorry, short men. The studies bear it out. Um, so, he calls her a couple weeks later. Oh, just wanted to check. Have you been checking the oil level? Yeah, it's pretext, okay? <laughs> and he's like, you know, you ought to bring it by. We need to check the fluids, and I'll top it off just to make sure. Of course, she brings it by, and 
And it goes on from there. The two of them end up dating for years after that. And she was very happy with him. No hostile breakup, no problems, none of the stuff like her fiancé at the beginning. It's just that, you know, her life took a totally different direction. His took somewhat of a different direction, and they uh, are still friends. But the point is, was it fate that I couldn't sell that BMW 528i? Was it fate that... Uh, it was a broken sunroof, and that she disobeyed. Well, disobeyed would be the wrong order. My, 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 my urgent suggestion was don't open the sunroof. Was it fate that she decided I have to get it, and that the only place she could find in her perseverance to get this done happened to be this guy's mechanic shop, a German shop, and a uh, German car shop, and, and the two of them got together and were very happy for years together. So I don't know. You know, something to think about. Well, this weekend, I was out a-walking, and you know how there's like the neighborhood garage sales that happen every once in a while. Made me think, you know, the stuff they put out, other people's clothes, including their shoes. Who wants to put your feet in somebody else's used shoes? I mean, really? Like even tennis shoes? I mean, they got sweated in, they got funky. Um, I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I guess if you have a vintage clothing store and you want some kind of vintage floor shimes or... Or Nun Bush, something like that. By the way, there's a joke. <laughs> I wrote an, an episode for an animated show I've created uh, called Carbuncle. And um, it turns out the main character, Lance Carbuncle, attorney, comes into the courtroom and the court clerk has a men's shoe fetish. Yes, that's right. He's a little bit odd, this man. Oh, and he talks like this too, by the way. <laughs> he was actually based on a real clerk. That's another story. So the character walks in, and he's usually wearing some kind of vintage clothing. Also, you know, typically mid-century modern, retro. Um, and the clerk glances down at his uh, footwear and looks at him and says, Oh, vintage floor shimes. And, of course, Lance says, No, uh, uh, Nunn Bush. Nunn Bush is a brand of uh, shoes. Very popular, up, upscale brand. Nun, no, Nunn Bush. And the clerk turns to the lady standing there and whispers in her ear, Well, I do understand that many gentlemen prefer Nun Bush. <laughs> Insert laughter. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, so I'm going to these garage sales, and on a table there are bottles that have been opened, and they're old, of CVS brand stool softener. Who would think to keep bottles of CVS brand or any brand of stool softener? Half used or half open, whatever. Stool softener. Seriously? It's like, yeah, you know, better not to, better not to throw that stuff in the trash. Why, uh, somebody might want to buy it. We might uh, make 50 cents off of that there. You know, 50 cents is 50 cents. You know what I'm saying? Eh? They put it on the table. Can you imagine the person that would buy somebody else's Open, used, old bottle of stool softeners? Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, and then, of course, there's all the other crappy stuff they throw out there. I mean, some of this stuff at a garage sale, even in nice neighborhoods, is below swap meet standards. But there you go. Are people the kind that would buy stuff like that? You know, I had a landlady that I've uh, previously mentioned when I was uh, in law school, and she would actually buy cottage cheese at the swap meet. And it was some weird off-brand cottage cheese. Couldn't and, and But we used to 
argue about this. Now, argue may be too strong of a word, but she would say, she would call it cottage and cheese. And she talked like this, you know, because she had arthritis and one eye and quacky dentures and she was deaf. And uh, anywho, her name was Mama Jerry. Mama Jerry. Everyone called her Mama Jerry. Hey, Mama Jerry. Or Jer. Uh, reason being that her name was Geraldine and she disliked that name from the get-go, but wouldn't change it. So she shortened it from Geraldine to Jerry, which, and everyone that had rented rooms from her, such as myself, called her Mama Jer. Well, she would buy this cottage and cheese at the swap meet. Private home, you know, kind of unrefrigerated in her old Gran Torino. And I would say, uh, Jerry, um, by the way, a uh, point of order, uh, it is cottage cheese. It's a type of cheese, and that kind of cheese is called cottage cheese. And she goes, no, it isn't. It's cottage and cheese. And I go, no, no, it's not cottage and cheese. It's not cottage plus cheese. There's no cottage here. It's a type of cheese. Oh, you're so critical. Now, back in those days, there was a dictator named Muammar Gaddafi. He was the one that drew the line of death. This is the line of death. No, this is the line of death. No, this is the line of death. But she used to read about him, and she would refer to him to me as Mopart Gadfly. Oh, that Mopart Gadfly. Oh, he's just so evil. Good thing Wagon bombed him. Uh, oh, I should add, Mama Jerry was quite a wonderful woman. I mean, seriously. She was the character, as you might, as you might assume. Um, she was married to an undertaker and used to live at a mortuary and had <laughs> ghost stories and uh, nothing seemed to bother. In fact, when they were dating uh, during uh, the early part of World War II, gas was, of course, rationed, so people couldn't just drive anywhere. But he was able to pick her up on dates because gas was allowed for hearses because they'd have to go pick, pick up you know, bodies. And she said their date would be he would drive over to her place and pick her up so they could go collect a body. Could you imagine going on a date with some man and there's some dead person in the back and that's your date because it's a way to drive around? Uh, I guess there are people that like that. I mean, somebody's got to be an embalmer or, 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 or deal with that stuff, but I just can't see how that would be. On the other hand, I do hear that there are women that somehow like the idea of sneaking into cemeteries and they find it somehow uh, titillating, arousing. I, I don't know. I, outdoor stuff like that, not a big fan of it. It reminds me of camping and picnics, which I dislike both. Why? Not that I don't like nature. Not that I don't think it should be preserved. But... I mean, you know, picnics, you got no place to go to the bathroom typically or some disgusting park bathroom. You know, oh my God, you know, we've all been there, right? Plus you got flies, you got mosquitoes, you got wasps, you got the grass is always semi-wet somewhere. There's kids screaming everywhere, uh, usually in the park. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to associate food with that kind of fuck. Now you already know I hate swimming pools because I consider them a large container of liquid toxic waste. Well, I also hate picnics. So uh, if it's like, well, let's have a picnic at the lake and then go swimming, uh, no. I I'm a no on that. Now, if it's more like let's pack some food and go out on a yacht and, uh, you know, and cruise around, so you got a bathroom, it's clean, you got you know fresh air, and you got, you know, okay, 
I'm all down for that. But the whole camping picnic thing, that's not for me. That's why when it comes to dating and women are like, oh, I want a guy who can go to the symphony and dress up and go camping and doesn't mind getting dirty and maybe you know doing it outside. Implied, implied, implied. Well, folks, uh, look forward to next time. You guys take care. Bye for now.